Okay. Um, my name is Carol. I'm a compulsive uh, eater, and I'm also a compulsive person, which I discovered after I came to OA. I didn't realize that I was compulsive. I thought everybody was trying to be perfect and do everything right <laughs> and felt anxious at odd moments. Of course, I always said, I'm not an anxious person. So I don't, you know, even when I came in the program, I said, I don't know, some people are anxious, I guess, but not me. But anyway, so I came to OA, well, I've been saying 30, probably 35, more than 35 years ago, took a look around and uh, left because, you know, apparently I had a better idea um, about what to do. Um, so I came back six years ago a little over six years ago, and I came back to stay because um, whatever it is I thought I was gonna do didn't pan out for me. Um, when I came back, I got physical recovery. I lost about, I think about 45 pounds. Um, I had stopped weighing myself. So, you know, I got into the weight where I said I would not go over this weight. And then of course I went over that weight. And so then I stopped weighing myself. Uh, so I think I lost about 45 pounds. And for a long time, I always said that it was miraculous. I don't know what happened. I just lost the weight. And lately I've been thinking that um, that's not helpful for newcomers or for people who happen to be struggling at the moment, you know, a lot or white knuckling it. It wasn't. My experience was that it was miraculous. But upon reflection, what had happened was that when I came to OA this time, I decided to do what I was told or do what was suggested if I wanted to get abstinent and I wanted to have recovery. And so, and so, which is not something I'd ever done. I never did what I was told, not ever. Since I, I went to Catholic school, so when they told, taught me that I had free will, they were trying to teach us about sin. You know, it was my responsibility, our responsibility. But I went, oh, free will, I can do what I want. And that was it for me. So um, I decided to do what I was told to do. And that really has worked out very good for me. <laughs> so I have had both um, physical recovery and emotional and spiritual recovery. So I'd like to talk about my experience with the steps, where I am now with the steps or you know how the steps help me. So step one, um, I heard this in a meeting, you know, we came, we came to, and we came to believe. So step one is he came, I arrived here. I showed up here in desperation. If OA was still around, maybe they could help me you know? And so I came. And then in step two, I came to in the sense of I woke up and I started to realize something. And um, clearly there was something bigger than, there had to be something bigger than me because my ego and my doing stuff my way had not, you know, it had not been successful for the kind of success that I wanted. So I came, I came to, and I came to believe. And I came to believe 
well, I came to believe. And then three, I made a decision. I made a decision to turn my will over. Now, I kind of didn't like to the care of God, but I did like the point part about as we understand him or her or it. Um, I call myself an agnostic, but I do have a spiritual practice. It's not Judeo-Christian uh, spiritual practice. And I just, that, you know, as I said, I went to Catholic school and that God in the sky with the beard who's judging um, all the time just did not work for me. And I didn't think that that God had any interest in me and would be helpful. So I kind of, you know, ignored the stuff about God, not ignored, but I replaced it. I replaced God with the universe or the big unknown or not only the universe, but my inner self, my bigger self or my better self that was inside of me. And in step three is where I just found or discovered the need for willingness. And finding out about willingness was to me like a key to everything. Yes, I want this and I want that. And I wanted to lose weight, but I didn't want to change anything. I wanted, you know, the powers that be to let me keep doing what I was doing in the way that I wanted to do it. And I wanted to lose weight. So that didn't work out as you know, most of us know that does not work out. So I discovered willingness. And I had a willingness to turn my life over to something bigger than me. And I remember talking to my sponsor, because I got a sponsor pretty soon after I came back this time, because as I said, I was doing what I was told to do. So I, you know, I got a sponsor that I still have, that I felt like I was going to need a physical exorcism in order to be willing to do anything that I actually don't want to do. Um, I didn't need the exorcism, but it was a struggle. So we get to step four. I call step four the know thyself step. For a long time, I said it was my favorite step. And step four is gnarly and scary and, oh, gosh. You just, I mean, I just didn't, you know, is am I going to be able to survive doing this? However, after I did it, I was in love with this step. One of the things I liked, that I do like about step four is I think that I felt like I got a chance to have a second chance because I got to own up to all of my shit and all the things that I do and have done that are negative and not helpful and in response and reaction to things that I feel are happening to me. And I mean, I didn't imagine them. Some things were happening to me and some things did happen to me. However, that, I don't know, you know, it's not my fault, it's their fault, whatever, all, all that, all that stuff. I got to kind of get rid of it 
I certainly to get rid of most of it. It's probably not all gone, but I feel like a lot of it is really gone. And the big thing, as I said, was I fit. Sometimes I wonder, can I start over? Can I start over with a clean slate? And it doesn't seem to me that there are very many opportunities to start over, to get a second chance. And I feel that step four gave me a second chance. I could own up. And then I did the process, steps five, six, seven, eight. Um, and nine, of course, um, to make amends. And one of the things which I didn't say when I came to OA the first time, 30 something years ago, I did learn something. I did learn that amends need to be made. And I proceeded to make amends without um, really doing a step four, you know, a proper step four. Um, I, I did know not to blame people as I was making amends to them because somebody uh, in program had said to me, you know, when you make amends, you shouldn't be pissing on the person's foot at the same time you're making the amends. So I really kind of got, I got that aspect of it. And I, I made those amends and I am really, really happy that I did that. And at the same time, I also got something about money when I first came. I did go to a few debtors anonymous meetings, but in OA I got that this is compulsive behavior. And if it's behavior, you can change the behavior. I couldn't change the behavior on the food, but I was able to change the behavior around money and cleaned up my finances and got good credit and was able to buy a house, et cetera. So that was, I did get something from OA when I came the first time which is why I think, you know, many years later, I thought, well, maybe OA can help me with this food thing, since that's their primary focus. So anyway, step four, the know thyself step. And then the process, as I said, five, six, seven, eight, and then making amends and step nine. And I don't know, I just think the steps are brilliant. You know, I don't like all the wording in the steps that I change them wording for myself, but I think the steps themselves are just fantastic because breaking out five, six, seven, eight, and nine, if I wrote the steps, I would have just said, you know, do step four, you know, make the inventory and then make the amends. And I wouldn't have thought about, no, there's a process. There's a process that you have to do and you have to do all those steps. So anyway, so then five, six, seven, eight, nine, then we get to step 10, personal inventory. I do a personal inventory, but I don't do one every day. Um, not a formal inventory, but I do think about it because I have interactions with people on the telephone and you know, I go to stores and I have interactions with people and I've been trying to have some renovation work in my bathroom. So I don't know if anybody does any renovation work, but one tends to get upset with one's contractor. <laughs> Often. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just kept a cool head and figured out how to work around things and how to do things. So, um, 
I do use the A E I O U Y and I use the grapes. I can't remember what grapes is right now. Gratitude. I don't even remember, but I have a sheet and I look at it. And that's what I use for the personal inventory. Then step 11, improve conscious contact. So my goal has been to improve the conscious contact with my inner self, or as I said, with a higher self or with a deeper self, or sometimes I think of it as the universe you know, the bigger, the biggest thing in, in the world. Um, it involves a lot of turning it over, a lot, a lot, a lot. And sometimes when I'm really successful at turning it over, it almost seems like a party trick. Like if I turn things over and I am absolutely sincere about, I am letting go, I can't control this. I turn it over to the higher, whatever entity that exists. That's, it seems that things work out. That's, sorry, that's 15. It is, okay, I'm almost at the end. So um, step 11 for me includes a lot of turning it over. And then step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, you try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. For me, that has meant service more than anything else. It's, it's just primarily service. And I've been thinking about service um, a bit lately. Um, like, what is service? What What is it that I'm doing? And it's not charity in my mind. This is me. It's not charity because charity is I have, you have not, I give to you. That's how I think about it. Um, and I'm thinking I'm in OA, I have not. I'm the one who has not. And I, I you know, I want to participate with those who are having or trying to have, and we're in this process of trying to have abstinence, sobriety, you know, whatever we want to call it. So it's not charity and it's not volunteering in the sense of, oh, yes, I think on Wednesday mornings, I could go down to wherever and I could give them some of my time. It is, doing what's needed in meetings or for the group or for the intergroup or for whatever it is that, I, that I'm following, that I'm involved with in program, it is giving my time as generously as I can. And actually it's selfish because it seems that the more I do service and the more I give, the more I get. So I am helping you know, the fellowship and the fellows, but I am really gaining from that. And also in service is sponsorship and getting, having a sponsor and, and having sponsees. And I must say <clears throat> that I love my sponsor. You know, I couldn't do this without her, but I 
not been very successful with sponsees. And I've been trying not to beat myself up about it and just try to figure out, I don't know, you know, when the right sponsee comes along, I guess I'll have that person. I've had a couple of sponsees and then it just, I don't know, you know, it just didn't work out, you know, not in an acrimonious way, but it just drifted apart or it just didn't work out. So as far as service goes, that's a part in, in my life and in my program that I think I would like to get better at being a sponsor, if that's what's needed. Um, my abstinence. Um, I guess I'll just touch on that. You know, my abstinence is pretty good, I must say. You know, after a lot of struggles with green foods, yellow foods, red foods, foods going back and forth in different in different categories, that my abstinence is pretty good. I don't count days since I've been in program because when I came in and counting days, I was it made me crazy. It just made me crazy. I didn't know what I was counting. You know, if I ate two mouthfuls or a second helping, I start counting all over. So I do not count days. I'm just, every day I try to be abstinent and most days I am abstinent. And one of the things that I guess this will be the last thing because I'm probably on, on both out of time. But anyway, I wanted to say what I do is I have two meals a day and two, two optional snacks. I don't eat three meals a day. I have breakfast, then I have maybe a little snack, and then I have what I call my main meal, which is fairly early in the day. I mean, really around five o'clock or something. Sometimes it could be 4.30. And then I have an optional snack, um, maybe, but I don't always have that snack. I have a, I have a pretty good meal. Um, and one of the most, my most recent realizations and this is in, I think, emotional and spiritual recovery, is that I'm trying to not cross-talk myself. And what I mean by this is that I noticed that I am forever explaining, excusing, rationalizing myself to myself. It doesn't matter what the action is. I could be cooking. Oh, I thought you were going to do art this afternoon. Bye, bye, bye. If I'm doing art, well, don't you have to clean this? But I mean, a constant cacophony in my head. And I became aware of it. And I decided to call this crosstalk. If I was in a meeting and somebody said something, I would not pot, you know, pop up and go, well, no, maybe you should or maybe you should it would be, you know, I'm just not going to do that. You know, we that's, don't do that's time, Carol. That's time. Okay. So um, I've been trying my best not to cross talk myself. And it's part of a meditative meditation um, practice as well to just keep my mind calm. So that's it. And thank you. <laughs>